Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Just like that. The second hour is here. Thursday edition. Hot Mike with Adam Withrow across the Outkick Network. The applause is from Withrow. I'll give Show it as is well. Rolling. Here we go. Show is rolling. Here we go. Getting you uh, Sometimes through your work day. in life, write this quote down. I am. Go here. ahead. I'll do it. Sometimes in life, when no one else is applauding you, you must applaud yourself. And that's what we're doing right now. We applaud ourselves. We're not getting any applause, so you just <laughs> applaud yourself. It's what I do after every game that we win with the 8U softball team. I, I walk out behind the dugout Victory. and I say, Girls, give yourself a round of hand, a round of applause. Let's go. Good job. Good job out there. Then the parents join in, and it's a whole thing. Chad, if you, uh, if you missed earlier, Chad is picking up tips and notes from the Little League World Series coaching staff. I, I never uh, noticed I, that. And when you brought this up, I'm like, you absolutely are watching this, given how much time you devote in multiple leagues not, coaching well, so softball. My little cousin in Washington, D.C. was a part of it and was on ESPN playing in the Mid-Atlantic final. Yeah. But didn't make it to Williamsport. So I haven't watched much of Williamsport. But I was watching the Tennessee team play last night in the later innings. It was such a close game. But when those coaches are mic'd up, hearing their interaction with these kids who sometimes are overly emotional. There's yeah. one guy kind of yelling something. And they're just, calm down. Take a deep breath. But the coach for the, the Tennessee team, the Nolansville team, was looking at his kids saying, we're going to get on the mound. We're going to take a deep breath. Everyone out here is going to want the ball to come to them. We want to make the play. And when the ball comes to us, we're going to make the play and get out of the inning. And just as calm as can be. Yes, sir. Reassuring. Yes, sir. Well, talking to the one kid, he tries to swing for the fences on the first swing. He calls timeout, calls him over to third base and says, hey, one run game. There's a runner right here. Who are you, Mike Trout? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What do we want to do here? All we got to do is just hit a ground ball to second base and we tie the game up. So let's shorten our swing. Can, Can we do that? Yes, sir. Next pitch, shortens this way. Now he gets to the first base, and the guy get, ends up getting thrown out at home. But still, he did exactly. I'm amazed at the the lessons given, and then immediately learned and understood, and then applying it on the field. It is a master class in coaching from youth coaches that I'm watching. And it's I incredible. Mean, do the fans get after the umps? In the same manner, there. I don't get the sense they do. And, and there's some boos on some strike calls, ball booze, strike calls. But like, no, I mean. Not like you would see at the, uh, you know, the local Babe Ruth League, you know, down in uh, Warren County, Tennessee, where I'm from. You I, know, like, I mean, look, you, you know what I mean. I, I know if uh, we can if we can be sensible at the highest level of little league baseball. Let's yeah, I know Davey over there hates uh, hates little league baseball and hates that it's on TV. But the the job they do with the production, I, I'll I will always now, to Dave. I, I will also I have not watched a single yeah, pitch I, I other will, than highlights. I haven't from your either. I, I've watched very little, and when my cousin's involved, I'm going to watch. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not I'm not sure. head over heels about it. But I will always take a second. Uh, our production crew in here does a great job, and we want to shout them out when they do it. The production value on Apple TV, I mentioned for MLS, great. What they do at ESPN for those games. When they get, it's a Julie Foudy, I think they have out in the crowd interviewing people and talking with other kids. That part of it mixed with, here's an example. 
Tyrone McKenzie, who's a coach for the Tennessee Titans, his son is the second baseman for the Nolensville team. So he's there with his wife okay. and other small children. The kid gets hit in the wrist. Looks like it's broken. It's not. By a fast pitch, right? He's down on the ground. There's doctors. There's trainers with him. And they can get the camera behind the mom who is moved up behind the backstop to watch to make sure everything's okay. And the ESPN cameras are behind her getting her point of view with her arms crossed looking behind it. And you just see the profile of the mom's face watching her son. That is next-level cinematic work That's by a camera crew and a producer in the in green a truck, room at the NFL draft. In a producer in a truck to go to <laughs> yeah. that shot and get someone with a walking camera there to get the mom's reaction as they're tending to her son on the field. I, I Hey, I, I applaud uh, We it. applaud you. I applaud that work. It's very well done by them. And uh, I was excited to watch that game last night. I was most excited by the... Very little league play, but it worked to perfection of faking the trip to try to get the catcher to bait a throw back to first, and he did it, and they scored a run doing it. Chad, uh, coming up, we've got Armando Salguero. Talk NFL headlines. There are plenty across the NFL right now uh, as we gear up for roster cutdowns. Of course, Trey Lance, is he going to be traded? Is he not? What uh, John Lynch, general manager out in San Francisco, had to say today on KNBR, we'll get that. Plus, uh, the Dolphins being linked to Jonathan Taylor among the six teams that have been reported that have picked up the phone and called the Colts that, that seem to be really interested. Armando Salguero gives us the latest coming up in 15 minutes. Right now, so imagine you're the Arizona Cardinals. You've traded away Isaiah Simmons today, former first-round pick in 2020, for a seventh-round pick in return. Uh, you've... You've traded pick number three in this year's draft to Houston so they could draft Will Anderson. And you drop back down to 12, and you end up drafting Paris Johnson, offensive tackle for Ohio State. They've also traded Josh Jones, an offensive tackle who started 11 games for the franchise last season, traded him today as well. And they seem to be the odds-on favorite for the number one overall selection in next April's draft. They also will likely hold the number two pick as well. Back-to-back picks in the NFL draft. Meaning, hypothetically, they could end up with Caleb Williams, your reigning Heisman Trophy winning quarterback at USC, and Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State to pair with your franchise tackle. Well, I wonder what's going on today when they see this. And look, maybe maybe they raise an eyebrow the same way we have in studio, but there's a lot to discuss here. Caleb Williams, according to Pete Thamel, here's the report. USC quarterback Caleb Williams claims that he hasn't decided if he will enter the 2024 draft. Williams will likely be the number one pick, but maybe he wants to hold on to leverage in case he doesn't want to go to the team that ends up picking first next year. Caleb, quote, That's for sure now going to be an in-the-moment decision at the end of the year. So is this quarterback playing diva? And if you don't want to go number one, maybe you don't want to go to Arizona. Don't want to go number two either, hypothetically, in that. Um, Chad, this could also mean if he goes back-to-back as the Heisman winner, which he's trying to do right now, if he came, he would be going for the three-peat. For the Heisman Trophy. With the coach that 
knows how to coach Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. This is not diva at all. This is very alpha uh, of Caleb Williams. What Caleb Williams is telling us and everyone else is, I'm going to be the number one pick whenever I come out. I'm that good. And he's right. He's right. He'll be the number one pick this year or next. Now, injury, all that stuff we can put out there as well. Um, I think it begs the question of if Caleb Williams, the number one overall pick, is actually considering this, couple parts of this. One, how bad must he hate whoever has the number one pick? Well, he doesn't in know. In their direction. You're right. He wants to. He, but the he fact that you're even putting that out there. Right. The old Eli Manning, I will not play for the San Diego Chargers move. This organization sucks so bad, and the stadium situation is so bad, I will manipulate a trade to go play for the New York Giants and not the Chargers, that he must really have some level of disdain for an organization, a coach, an ownership group, whatever, right? That's one part of it. The, the second part is just how much money is he making to play football at USC, that it would even make sense to be able to do that. I'll add a third part to this question. How valuable is the possibility of a third Heisman Trophy and being the only man ever to accomplish such? How much value is that for the rest of your life? He's already doing a Dr. Pepper ad campaign throughout the college football season as we speak, as a one-time Heisman winner. Now if he, becomes Archie, if he becomes Archie and, and wins it back-to-back, then okay, what's the value in that? And then could he come back for a possible third one? There's right a lot now, of there's a lot of questions that this begs from me. No, this this skyrockets. Starting with, how bad must you not like the direction of one of the franchises that are going to be number one? You could also, if you want to pull the alpha move, you think about who would trade up to that pick to draft him and what they would be giving up. You've got the pick, and the quarterback doesn't want to play for you. You could also just take Drake May and another hypothetical here. But according to on three, Caleb Williams has the second highest NIL value in college football at $2.6 million. That's second to Arch Manning at two point nine. Caleb Williams, at on, uh, just reading straight from on three, $2.6 million is the estimate, the estimate that he's receiving this year. He has deals, of course, with Dr. Pepper. They're actually they're doing a partnership with him through his foundation, and that that will uh, coincide, I believe, with the Dr. Pepper halftime show or something there um, in the Fansville commercials. He's going to be in the Heisman house. He's got Ion Water, Neutrogena, AT&T, United Airlines, and PlayStation. That all adds up to $2.6 million annually. It goes and grows considerably higher, but does it take the jump? to what Bryce Young just received to be the number one overall pick in Carolina, which is a fully guaranteed $38 million contract over four years. No. Not if it's at 2.6 now as the current Heisman winner. See, first off, let me predict what I think is going to happen. He's going to go number one overall, and he's going to leave after this year. Okay, But if he's speculating about it publicly, then we'll speculate about it publicly if he were to come back. If he comes back, he is the outlier and not the rule. Because anyone else who's going to be the number one overall pick or a top five pick is gone. I mean, 99.999% of the time, they are gone for that guaranteed money. So if it happened, it would be a story because it is a story because it's unlikely to happen again, and it really hasn't happened before. 
where I think NIL money is going to drastically, could drastically improve college football, is at the second round through the fifth round level. If you are a star in college that we all know about, and you're putting up big-time numbers, a pass rusher or a quarterback or a receiver or running back, whatever, and you get a projection of third round, but you are a campus legend, you've got great relationships with the NIL program at your school, you could make really good money to come back and dominate college football again for another year. I think that's where we could see an uptick in quality of college football if a bunch of those types of players, instead of electing to enter the draft a year early or after their redshirt sophomore year or after their junior year, they come back for another year or two, that's going to help the quality of college football. It's not going to be Caleb Williams because I don't think ultimately so it'll round, happen. Third round's a good comparison here. Uh, Jalen Hyatt went in the third round to the New York Giants. He is getting... He received a, a $1.1 million signing bonus, and he has a four-year contract that's worth $5.6 million. Um, is that virtually the same with nothing guaranteed? There, you don't have the guarantee that you do in the first round of the fully guaranteed four years, but you have the signing bonus, and that's slotted now. So if you know you're going... Jalen Hyatt needed to go in the first round, yeah. right? But what would he have been and paid to go back? And then he would have made back? the right decision, no doubt about it. Right. Not to say that he made the wrong decision, but I mean, here's the way I, I look at that. So 1.1 is the signing 1. bonus? 1.1 was the signing bonus. I feel very confident Jalen Hyatt went back to Tennessee and take Jalen Hyatt at any other of the top 25 programs in America. Mm -hmm. If Jalen Hyatt, who just won the Bolitnikoff Award, right. comes back, I think that he surpasses that 1.1 million total in signing bonus. Do I think he makes that plus his salary? In year one, it's doubtful. I don't think he's making more than $2 million anywhere. Yeah. And his base, an NIL, his base I, is 1.4. Yeah, but I, I think he's probably making that signing bonus. Yeah. So, so uh, look, that, that's but all. It, but if you know your second or third round pick and you can be a first, then you take what you're making as a signing bonus yes, and you wager. You're, you're basically doubling up but and if you're tripling giving, up because you're, you're making more of a first round that pick. you're a first round pick because you're the fastest guy on the field. And he is. And he was. And it, and because he thought he was a first round pick and he, thought that's where he was going. Yeah, he didn't. Well, but exactly. And, and he told us that. Uh, but you, you see a stature, right? Like, again, all of that factored in. And the wide receivers did fall uh, because of the, the group that you just kind of pick the guy that you want, right? Yeah. You didn't see the first round run on wide receivers. We saw them in other positions. But point being now, it's not just uh, make a decision with your heart and go back to school and play for one more year because you love it and you love your teammates and you want to go for greater team goals. It can be a little bit play with your heart and your wallet. Let, let's and, make a business decision here. And, and I think Jalen Hyatt's a good case study mm -hmm. on that where he could have made more than his signing bonus and maybe he does it again, and people aren't like, oh, you're a one-year flash in the pan. Oh, you can run different routes. You can do this and that. Now you're a first-round pick. And then you've actually made more money, much more money in the long run for having done that. And I think, it, But there's no guarantees either way. And this also works in the favor of your scenario here if the portal remains exactly what it is. Instead of this three-year pitch from Capitol Hill, you know, going back to – more or less what the NCAA rule book could not enforce. And now they're looking to make it federal law. It, it will take time. And what did Caleb Williams make in the initial transfer from Oklahoma to USC? That's another part of this. We're talking about transfer portal. You know, that's what, that's what's got the coaches up in arms is right. what's to stop a player from doing this over and over again 
and just getting a signing bonus, essentially, it, at every school they go to along the way. At least in his favor, he's following his coach. But, exactly. Yeah. You do it But every he still year. got something from USC when he did it, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, we Lincoln Riley had, what, the – what was it, the – 40 20 million dollar mansion 17 million dollar mansion he got like uh, Hef's place essentially i think he's in the playboy mansion now but <laughs> it's on but it's in malibu <laughs> but it's on the water is the only difference aren't they all uh jonathan taylor has a deadline of next tuesday uh, for the colts giving him permission to go seek a trade he has until next tuesday to figure out if he can find a team that wants to work out a contract with his agent for his services, and also, in return, give Indianapolis whatever it is they're willing to negotiate. Uh, next Tuesday is also the roster cut-down day. A lot of discussion there. A lot of movement on the trade rumor wire right now, including Trey Lance, who's the number three quarterback currently, who left the facility yesterday in San Francisco when he was informed of this, that he's backing up Darnold. But Shanahan says that we plan on playing him behind Darnold in the preseason game tomorrow. Armando's next. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hunting Withrow here across the Outkick Network. Talking ball. Football season is upon us. College kicks off this weekend. And, well, after tomorrow, we'll be uh, headed into a two-week rundown until week one, where we get KC and Detroit kicking things off on Thursday night for week one in the NFL season for 2023. A lot will happen between now and then. Armando Salguero's got it all covered for you at Outkick.com. Uh, Trey Lance has not balled out in San Francisco. A year ago, last offseason, he's sitting courtside with the Warriors' ownership, and he's the, he's the king of the Bay. And now he is the third-string QB behind Sam Darnold. As Kyle Shanahan says, he was given... Plenty of opportunities to win the backup job. He left the facility yesterday. John Lynch is saying, in all likelihood, to begin their roster situation. He'll be on the roster in all likelihood. That's the cut-down day next Tuesday. What do you make of this? And what do you make of what Shanahan signed off on in his QB and what they traded away to go get this guy off of a season where he played in one game at North Dakota State? Yeah, uh, so what I make of it is it's one big honking pile of poo. Uh, and the reason for that is if, if let's put aside the fact that it's a huge draft bust mm -hmm. at this point, okay? Because that's kind of like the low-hanging fruit of this all story. Um, you know, they, they gave up three first-round picks to move from number 12 to number three to take Trey Lance. And if you look, behind those picks uh the players that came after the next 10 six of them are pro bowlers already so they 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 had to work at finding the guy that wouldn't work out and it's you know what else it's also very off brand for shanahan who is known for taking the talent at quarterback like brock purdy he's known for being the coach that coaches that guy 
Uh, he's known. Uh, Sam Darnold. Oh, of Doing course. Doing more he's, with less. Of course he's looking okay in San Francisco. Shanahan's there. Uh, it's very off brand, not just to trade what they traded and it to be this bad, but for Shanahan to do it in that manner when they had Jimmy G at the time and at least they were winning. Yeah. You know what's not off brand is they handle their quarterback situations poorly. Mm. Um, they, they remember they drafted Trey Lance uh, two years after Jimmy G took them to the Super Bowl and didn't take them to the Super Bowl, right. but they went to the Super they Bowl. They were winning. And, yeah. And Jimmy G was their quarterback. And then they basically handed the job to Trey Lance while Jimmy G was still signed and on the team. Not a competition. They handed him the job. And then, you, then Trey Lance got hurt, and Jimmy G had to take over. And God bless Jimmy G because he, he is the nicest person ever. Uh, you know, not an angry bone in his body, unlike myself. <laughs> and the dude just took it and ran with it. And they, they played pretty well until he got hurt again. The point is, Jimmy G said his goodbyes to San Francisco. And then a year later, found himself starting for San Francisco. Here we have Trey Lance on the trade block, demoted, and they're keeping him in the locker room where they've already humiliated him so that maybe if something goes wrong with a former draft bust in Sam Darnold and a guy who's been injured coming off of injury and was Mr. Irrelevant, Trey Lance can reemerge. Maybe, perhaps, because we're the San Francisco 49ers and we put quarterbacks in untenable situations. Including tomorrow in their preseason game where Shanahan says he plans on playing Lance behind Darnold, who will start the game. Uh, right before Chad picks up here, Mike Renner, who we had in the studio recently, Armando, formerly uh, uh, pro football focus, uh, Mike PFF, this stat. Tom Brady had more passing attempts this season. He's going back. He's retweeting this. Uh, at 45 years old, 799 pass attempts. More pass attempts than Trey Lance has had in his entire high school, college, and NFL career. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Incredible stat. Right. And, and obviously, a lot of that is circumstances. I mean, Trey Lance played one year in 2020. What else happened in 2020 that affected people's chances of playing? Hmm. I don't remember. It had something to do with masks. But anyway, the point, and I didn't mean face not, not Well, face mask, but yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Uh, so, so that obviously hurt him. You know, once upon a time, Bill Parcells told me, I want, uh, I want a, a quarterback, and I'll draft the quarterback after he has 36 starts in college. Hmm. So if he doesn't have that, I don't probably want him. Trey Lance, I think, had like five. Six, <laughs> no, sorry, fourteen. Yeah, so, it, it was something like that. Yes, yep, crazy. And at, and God bless North Dakota State. They're a powerhouse within their little niche, but it's a little niche. It's not the SEC. It's it's cute. They're a cute little niche. They do very well in. They play some cute football up there in, in Fargo, no doubt about it. Um, 
Tua did not think it was cute with what Ryan Clark had to say about him. I want to take this moment, Armando, to actually thank Ryan Clark for comparing Tua Tungavailoa to a fat stripper in Atlanta <laughs> because it sparked now one of my favorite nicknames going. We got to see the debut of Spicy Tua uh, as he re- responded to these remarks. And I, I got to say, I kind of like it. I like this side of Tua that we saw and how he responded to this. It's a fire that I really haven't seen with him with the media before. Withrow, you're in trouble, brother, because you got Tua's nickname wrong. I think it's Scrappy Tua. Scrappy? Scrappy. Oh, I, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a take on Spicy Tuna, and they were going with Spicy oh, Tua. okay. So what I've read All is right. Spicy Tua, which I, I like better. Either way, well, I liked his response. Got- now he's got two uh, nicknames. Um, <laughs> well played. But he, is he fat or did he add on muscle? Like the, the perception or, was he's all. Here's he's, what I also it, thought The perception about is he's Russell Wilson from last year. Did he also like kind of get fat because he knows he's going to lose a lot of weight as camp and the season goes on? Is it one of those things? It's an, it's an odd look for sure. I'm not going to retreat this segment because two of them might come after you guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he. I don't believe we're actually, we're actually helping is him what here. he's going to say. Yeah, we're trying to figure it out. Yeah, I don't think he's fat. Uh, he's always been thick, especially uh, in the you know the legs and stuff yes. like that. He's he's been a, in the hips. He's got a he's big been trunk. A big boy there. <laughs> he's always had the trunk. Uh, yes. Now, uh, up here where he takes all the hits, not so much. So that's I think what he's tried to address. Mike McDaniel said today that in many respects, Tua has doubled his strength this offseason. And so that kind of goes against the idea that he's basically just been gobbling whoppers to to prevent future concussions. I don't think that's the case. Look, uh, there's there's a – one of the um, offshore betting establishments has odds (laughs) – on what a Tua versus what a spicy, scrappy Tua versus you know Ryan Clark would look like in a ring in an octagon, and Tua's favored, and I would say to you it would never happen because Tua's got like fifty-two other guys that would take on, uh, you know, anybody for that guy. It's very and that's the. That's the point of all of this. Uh, the people in there, in the locker room, whose fate is dependent on whether the quarterback is fat or in shape, believe in the quarterback. The interesting uh, pairing, too, because you have Tua who trains jujitsu uh, to help out with how he's taking falls, and Ryan Clark pairs with Daniel Cormier for UFC on ESPN with a weekly show, too. So that's... That's intriguing. Again, uh, non sequitur there. Uh, staying in Miami, the Dolphin, the, uh, the Dolphins in the mix for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, everybody's in the mix. It seems like right because like, uh, and yes, the Dolphins are in the mix. Um, to what degree? That's the question that matters. Okay, look, when a player of Jonathan Taylor's caliber comes on the market so publicly. I would say to you, 75% of the NFL is going to be, quote, unquote, in the mix. 
after the in the mix comes about three levels that whittles things down. One of those is, okay, what do the Colts need to make this happen? Typically, the conversation between the teams is the easiest part of that because both teams recognize, look, you're not going to, you know, destroy me on this, but you're going to get something. Let's make it work. The more difficult part is usually the contract that has to be signed because no team, including the Dolphins, is going to give draft choice compensation for Jonathan Taylor for a one-year rental to the end of the season, in a season when he's missed all of the offseason and all of training camp. So nobody's going to do that. It's going to require a long-term deal. And guess what? Jonathan. Taylor isn't going to be cheap and come cheap. He wants to get paid. He wants to get paid right at, if not below, uh, what the highest paid running back is getting right now, which is $16 million a year. It is what it is. And that's the hard part. Is he able to find a trade partner? The deadline's Tuesday that the Colts have put out there. He's on PUP, so if he remains on PUP going into week one, he's on PUP for four weeks. Um, is this able to get done, given the fact he's got a passive physical and everything else, and he wants to be compensated? Yeah, it's able to get done. It, it, uh, it only takes one. But what, what, what if the value of whatever he's... every second. Okay, I, I agree with you. What if the value that he's looking for, though, isn't quite what is out there in this in these offers because again like we know the value of running back right now that's a great question because i believe in my heart of hearts one of the reasons the indianapolis colts gave permission for jonathan taylor to seek a trade is because it would help jonathan taylor's agent and john the jonathan taylor camp let's call it to realize what the actual market is for their players specifically, not just what they think the Colts are doing to them personally. It's what is actually in the market. And oftentimes players go out there into the market and realize I'm not quite as, as, as great as I think I am. And teams don't think that I'm quite as worthy of huge bucks as I think I am. And it kind of soothes the situation a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if part of the Colts' motivation for letting Jonathan Taylor do this is to let Jonathan Taylor know this is what a dispassionate offer to you looks like because you think we're the devil. We're not the devil. This is what it looks like. The Niners have had a couple of years to prepare for this Dick Bosa contract moment. Chris Jones... Uh, is up for and is waiting on that deal there. We know Josh Jacobs is unhappy. What do you make of the the top-line holdouts currently? And is this all due about nothing, knowing that deadlines of the regular season are straight ahead and the best players are going to get paid to show up? Maybe not Jacobs. I know you have your thoughts on that too, but specifically with Bosa and Jones. Right. Uh, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm not all that confident that he's going to be on my lineup sheet when the season kicks off. I, I really am not because it's a, 
it's a terrible combination of, and by terrible, I'll explain that in a second. Okay. A really outstanding player coming off a really outstanding season, arguably able to say, hey, you know what? Uh, I've made a lot of money already. I can afford to sit out, which he's already said on social media, by the way. Hey, by the way, th and, 30 seconds left here, Amanda. I don't want to rush you, but we have to. Yeah, the point is, Chris Jones, uh, if I had to pick one guy that might be holding out this season, mm. when the checks start, Chris Jones is the guy. And, and 10 seconds, Bosa's going to be the highest paid player in, on defense or no? No, because that's, you know, that's just Aaron Donald. Mr. Donald. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Always so, great. Hey, uh, here we are. We finally reached preseason week three. Congratulations on to week one. Armando sounds Salgero good. Talk there. to you guys next week. Follow him on social. Check him out at outkick.com. Coming up, more headlines. Reggie Bush wants his Heisman back. Chad, let me take you back to a better time. Take me with, back, Hutton. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on across the... Let's go on the way back machine, and let's go back to a better time. Simpler time. 2005. Ooh, a simpler time 2005. Indeed. I'm in college. I was just out of college. Um, the uh, Laguna Beach is on MTV. Okay. All right, I'm closing my eyes right now. I was uh, Team LC, Lauren I'm Conrad. I'm seeing Lauren and Lowe. Conrad. Lowe was another good one. What was the Kristen. dude's name? The, the brunette guy who was the star, Start who was with, with LC. It wasn't Joey. It was uh, Justin. I don't want to typecast oh, yeah, here in the studio, but if Brooke is in here, I bet Brooke would know the guy's name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, but you're right. I mean, this is killing me now. Okay. I'm closing my eyes still and as I look this up. Matt try Liner, to keep one eye closed. Matt Liner, Lindell White, and okay. specifically Reggie Bush are dominating with Pete Carroll uh, in Southern California. And I'm just thinking to myself, Matt, that could it get any better than Laguna Beach? And what a time to be alive! Yeah, and that season happened. The the, the Heisman happened. Stephen is who I'm thinking. Stephen, there you go. Stephen Coletti. The the Heisman was won. It was awarded to Reggie Bush. He has filed a defamation lawsuit against the NCAA and. As we were discussing the story in the headline yesterday, uh, it was based on illegal activities that uh, Heisman, it, it was vacated allegations that he received impermissible benefits from a marketing agency during his playing days with the Trojans. Now, there's a lot of details beyond that sentence, right? But look at the landscape now. And I think that's what I'm viewing through. It, it's a lot like sports betting, sports wagering from a player now compared to what we would think about in the 90s or even 15 years ago. Um, it's just different. And here is Reggie Bush with his attorneys. He held a press conference yesterday uh, overlooking Memorial Stadium from a terrace just across the street. I got dreams of coming back in the stadium and running out of that tunnel with the football team. I got dreams of walking back in here, seeing my jersey, my banner, right down there next to the rest of the Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, but 
I can't rightfully do that without my Heisman Trophy. And every day we worked our butts off, grinded, I showed up to work, put my helmet on, everything that was asked of me, I did it. Every time that number five was called on, I delivered. And I kept delivering. Um, and it's unfortunate that that hard work that was put in, that was built not only by me, coaches, teammates, we all helped build this thing here. It's unfortunate that it was all torn down so easily. There's no factual evidence behind any of these claims. And so most recently, and most recently, what he's going to get into there is you have name, image, likeness, and pay for play. However, pay for play is illegal based on the NCAA rules. So therein lies the detail. The defamation on how it's impacted, you know, his, the, the way he's viewed, uh, his legacy, what we think about. I don't think about Reggie Bush losing his Heisman. I think about Reggie Bush winning his Heisman. And oh, by the way, you mentioned the number five. NCAA football 2006. I'm 2004, 2005. I'm balling out with Reggie Bush with his name image likeness that he's not compensated for. I just... No one cares anymore. Like No one cares about this. When you look at what's happening now, and this is always... Uh, there's a changing standard in society. With a lot of things. Some will bemoan that changing standard, um, the, a moral standard at times that can degrade as years go on. But I, I just think at what he is alleged to have done versus reality of not just today, but even then. And I think, why aren't we just giving him his Heisman Trophy back? This is so stupid. The, the fact that there's even a fight over this right now, just give Reggie Bush the Heisman Trophy back. Who cares? Well, but I do. We really look back in, I, in I, anger and think, I, I am just aghast at what happened in San Diego with his family living rent free in this home. I cannot believe any young man would ever do this while playing football at the University of Southern California. It's just stupid. That I don't think anyone cares. We, we got to think well, common sense here on certain things. We no don't one cares. care. We don't care. So the Heisman Trust revoked it because the NCAA took away the stats that allowed him to win the Heisman that year over Vince Young. By the way, Vy has said no. He, he was asked whenever Wouldn't he was a rookie here. I don't want the Heisman Trophy. It's Reggie Bush's Heisman Trophy. Johnny Menzel has come out publicly and said, "I want nothing more than for Reggie Bush to have the Heisman Trophy." The defamation that is cited in the lawsuit is July 1st, 2021, when name, image, likeness was come one, come all. Across the board, the NCAA took a step back. Why? Because they didn't want to be sued. They knew they were going to lose. And here is, this is, a, Chad, a lawsuit that I'm, I'm curious about how far it goes. Davey, weigh on this too. And, and where we end up with it, because what we always heard about the NCAA, why are they going to the federal level for legislation because they need law instead of rules and guidelines because they know they're going to lose in court. They, that's what they were told. That's what happened. 
But the defamation is, according to Bush's side, well, NIL and pay-for-play, they are going to have to prove that that was, in fact, defamation on what they are taking away from Reggie Bush when you can't... Pay-for-play isn't allowed, but NIL is based on the collective structure, not the university and not a booster coming in and paying someone something or giving a parent 10 grand or whatever the details were here that made him go to where he did. Uh, that, that is... How scared will the NCAA be with this? That's all I'm really asking, because they don't well, like lawsuit I, threats, and that's why they took a step back in 2021. Let me give you my advice to the NCAA, Heisman Trust, whoever is involved in any of this. Fold like a tent and just settle. Give them the Heisman Trophy back. Give them the stats back. Do whatever's necessary. Who cares? Why is this a hill to fight on right now? That's their hill, though. They, they, they took it down. It, like Retroactively, they're going to give Louisville their banner back. You know, I mean, it, I it happened. It, it's just, just on precedent. I'm interested to see what happens, David. Yeah, I, I would. I need to go back and do more research into the actual findings of the case back in. Gosh, what year was it? Whenever they ultimately took it away. It was 2004 season, with the 2000. But it was. But they came back. Yeah, they came a, back. It was a couple like years, years later. Oh, 2010. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I, sorry. Yeah. And no, then he had I, I want to go back. Year, he had a 10 year period. We could not associate with USC. Yes, and. At this point, I don't know how much longer they can keep this charade up as far as the NCAA working. Because, I mean, at this point, anytime somebody takes them to court over anything, it seems like they're winning. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it, the, I, I do need to do more research into what the NCAA ultimately found at the time in 2010. But everyone wants it. I know his petition to get that Heisman reinstated failed, and that's why we're now seeing yeah. this defamation suit come forward. But if, if you're Reggie, you got to be feeling good that just the way everything is trending, you're ultimately going to get it back. O.J. Mayo was also there and cited USC for lack of institutional control. Craziness. But guess what? I loved it. Like the steroid arrow, Chad. Loved it. O.J. Mayo is a great blast in the past name. I haven't thought about him in a long time. We haven't heard these crazy headlines that Davey Hudson has dug up. He's also got some dating news. It's time for Let's Get Weird. And five, four, three, two, one. Zero talking now. Guys, my first story today has to do with the destination wedding. Now, this oh, is... Oh, no, 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 no. No? Can we go to the dating with Davey first? <laughs> yeah, we, we can do that. I'm looking right here at a rundown, and it says it's, it's, dating it's there. with Davey. Yeah. And I, I, every time I see this on the rundown, I'm way more interested in this than anything else. Yeah, totally Please. fine. So uh, the story, I, I know I... I Cut you all up to date on uh, one of my dates from when I was in Nashville before going home. This like date I'm about to tell you one about of now. My many dates. As yes, says, yes, yeah. uh, happened while I was back in Knoxville. And just to set this up, I do want to say that I don't come from Knoxville. Uh, I come from a, a county, Lenore City, which is in Loudoun County, right outside of it. But Knox County, it's almost 500,000 people. So this isn't just like you randomly run oh, into no. somebody, and uh, it's it's a, it's a small <laughs> town kind of thing. I ended up going on a date with uh, this woman who also works in media. So we had a lot to talk about in that regard. And we go to this bar in Knoxville. And I actually see one of my good friends I graduated high school with. Had no idea he was in town. He currently does not live in, in the state. But he happened to be there. And I'm not going to give his name away. But as the date's progressing, uh, she, the, this girl that I'm with, she starts talking about how she loves going to Tennessee football games. And the person that controls the tickets at where she works, she's like, 
yeah, it's just one of those things where I wish I could get these tickets to these better games, in particular the biggest game on the schedule this upcoming season is Georgia versus Tennessee. And I smile because she says a name, and I'm like, it's not an uncommon name, but I, I have an idea. I know who this is. So she starts talking about it. I was like, well, do you want me to put in a good word for you? And <laughs> she's like, oh, you know this person? And I was like, yeah. And so as we're sitting there, I yell over to the guy who happens to be the son of the guy who's in charge of the tickets. And uh, my friend comes over. We catch up like old times. Uh, and he does a great job being a solid wingman. And just sets up. He's like, I'll put in a word with my dad. There will be no problem. So just so happens this one bar that I think I've been to one time before I choose to go to end up hooking this girl up with uh, some tickets that she desperately wanted. So This is great. It, but, it feels planted. It's so perfect. You hook her and up with tickets, this is the reverse of what up? happened last week, uh, Davey, when the guy came in just a little bit too early that recognized uh, you yep. at the bar. Like This is the perfect sequel to that I feel oh, like, yeah. because the timing here is perfection. I feel like this one went better for you, though. Oh, the date definitely did. You we, feel better about it. Oh, 100%. I mean, we had a lot in common, um, made her laugh a lot. So <laughs> it's I love that. A little unusual, but. No, I mean. I mean, no, that, that's, no, I'm that just means, saying. Like, with she my, has the tickets. Like, the she she, she got them, my sense of humor, you know, which doesn't dark, always the happen. Dark, I can't imagine what you were saying then. If she yeah. was laughing. I mean. Could, does she. Props. Bravo. Is she getting, yeah, yeah, good job. Is she, getting, is she getting the tickets? Do we know? Uh, I, I haven't got confirmation, but I, I know for a fact. If. She will be getting. She will be getting tickets. I just don't know like when that's going to How happen. How much of your thinking? success hinges on her getting tickets moving forward? Do you think? Um, not not even that much, just because oh, everything right. else went so well from yes. the date. And we'll get to the we'll get to the passport later. I'm probably we'll get to this later. I I know exactly what he's thinking about though. We had a story. Was it two weeks ago? That at Neyland there were two different pairs of tickets that were supposed to go for $500 that were sold for $5 to that game. And there was another pair on the opposite side of the stadium that went for $6 instead of 600. And you pay more in tax fees or, or, or uh, you know, handling fees through Ticketmaster or whatever the service was there, StubHub, than the actual face value of whatever you paid for on the secondary market because people screwed up. Davey is thinking to himself, man, if I only knew about this $5 StubHub deal where someone well, messed I'm up. Well, I'm thinking she's going to get free tickets. No, but he's he would already have the tickets. But you want to go? Oh, like, yeah. I've got a pair of tickets. Would you like to like to go? Well, Davey, great work. I mean, this Are they is good seats? 10 out of 10. They, they should be based off the company that owns them. I'm not going to put that Pilot. out there, but yeah. Pilot Oil? No, <laughs> not, not, not pilot. Uh, I'm putting in a word with Jimmy, you know? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that uh, Davey knew Tim Cook's kid of yeah. Apple. Good job. What do you guys think about the, uh, the naming rights of, the, of TVA? Uh, I don't really care. It's, it's still it's being termed Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. I, I think it's So I don't know how no they're going to go with that. Uh, 20 yeah. million is what they're bringing in? Over 10 years. Yeah. yeah. 2 million a year. I, yeah. I mean, I also refer to it as TBA, but I mean, you might add in a quick joke about the FCC. There, there's some play on words there. You're, that's correct, too. It's not bad. Uh, coming up. Davey, oh. uh, please bring more of these stories. Uh, yeah. I, I eat them up every time. He's got a, a groom's uh, passport No, story. I want more dating stories. Yeah. I want, I well, want he's got to go on more dates. Stories, yeah. He's got to go on more dates. Let's get Headline a date out here. Plenty of girls outside Otani this bar. and Kurt Schilling's take on how much money he's losing. That's next.